Welcome to the podcast of Seven Rivers Presbyterian Church in Lakanto, Florida. Our passion is to be a church that enjoys God, experiences His grace, and reflects His love to our community and beyond. To join our local body in financial support of this ministry, visit our website at sevenrivers.org. All right. So the great opportunity, the great opportunity. What is our mission? What kind of church has God called us uh, to be? Lots of churches define themselves by what they are against. We want to define ourselves by what we're for. What are we for as a church? And last week we talked about being for the glory of God, that that's foundational, that that's, uh, you, you must get that uh, before you get anything else, that we are for the glory of God. But this morning we're talking about what does it mean to be a church that is for our community? What does it mean to be for where we live, for the flourishing of Citrus County, Florida? So I'm turning in the Bible uh, to a passage in the Old Testament, the book of Jeremiah, chapter 29. Uh, and uh, before I read, here's the context for this passage. The people of God have been living in the promised land ever since they came out of Exodus in Egypt and they settled there and, and had 12 tribes and, and uh, they're living in the promised land and God had them there to uh, be a light to the rest of the world, to be uh, an example of what it means to be a people set apart for God. And, and, uh, and yet they fail over and over again in their mission. And God warns them, he says, uh, if, if this continues to happen, there will be consequences. And, uh, and so, yet they continue to be unfaithful, and the consequence is that the, uh, first the Assyrians come and uh, take the uh, northern uh, tribe, uh, tribes away, and then finally the uh, Babylonians are the power at the time, the world power, and uh, the Babylonians come and they conquer the city of Jerusalem, and they, uh, they take the people of Jerusalem, and they are exiled back to Babylon uh, and, uh, and led as, as captives, as, as uh, uh, trophies of war back to Babylon. Uh, the leaders of Jerusalem, the people, the priests, um, a few people are left in Jerusalem, but, but the people of God are exiled uh, into Babylon. And now Jeremiah the prophet is writing from Jerusalem. He was one who, who was not taken uh, he's writing from Jerusalem to the Israelites who are living in Babylon, to these people who are living in a strange place, in a, in a place where, where a pagan land where God is not wor- uh, worshipped. And, and the people living in Babylon are wondering, how long are we going to be here? And there's a group of prophets who are telling them, it's not going to be a long exile. You might be here a year, maybe two, but, but that's it. You'll be back home you know, before you know it. Uh, but Jeremiah has a different message from God. And, uh, and Jeremiah writes a letter to these uh, Jewish people in Babylon to tell them how to live in Babylon during their time there. So that's what we're going to uh, read. So if you're willing and able, would you stand? It's Jeremiah 29, starting at verse 1. These are the words of the letter that Jeremiah the prophet sent from Jerusalem to their surviving elders of the exiles and to the priests, the prophets, 
and all the people whom Nebuchadnezzar had taken into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. It said, Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, to all the exiles whom I have sent into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon, build houses and live in them. Plant gardens and eat their produce. Take wives and have sons and daughters. Take wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage that they may bear sons and daughters. Multiply there and do not decrease. But seek the welfare of the city where I have sent you into exile and pray to the Lord on its behalf. For in its welfare, you will find your welfare. For thus says the Lord, when 70 years are completed for Babylon, I will visit you and I will fulfill to you my promise and bring you back to this place. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. Friends, this is the very word of God. Every bit of it is true. And it's given to us because he loves us. Amen. You may be seated. So it's one of my favorite questions that I get to ask somebody. What brought you to Citrus County? Why did you move to Citrus County? We have people who moved here because of golf. We have people who came for a job. Some people uh, moved here because of friends or families that, uh, family members who were already here. One couple said they were looking to retire and uh, wanted to come to Florida, so they went to Clearwater and uh, found it to be too crowded. So they started driving north on 19. They went through Tampa, Newport Ritchie, Wikiwachi. Finally, they passed Howard's Flea Market in a place called Homo Sassa, Florida. And they said, this is it. One couple was being adventurous. They were willing to go anywhere in the country. And so they took a map of the United States and they taped it on their wall and they took a dart and they threw it against the wall and it landed on Death Valley. <laughs> so they took the dart out, they can't do that. And they threw the dart again. And here they are. When, uh, when we moved here in 2009, I had never heard of this place. If you had, if you had asked me, you know, where do you think Citrus County is, I would have said probably somewhere in California. And so I really enjoyed telling my family and friends that I lived in Beverly Hills. <laughs> Since then, all three of my kids have been born here. And a uh, very small number of you have lived here your whole lives. So what brought you to Citrus County? And the answer is God. Did you see it in the text that we read from Jeremiah 29? It says there, uh, these are the words that um, Jeremiah the prophet sent uh, from Jerusalem to the surviving elders of the exiles, to the priests, the prophets, to all the people uh, whom Nebuchadnezzar had taken into exile from Jerusalem 
to Babylon. Uh, Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, all the exiles whom I have sent into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. Do you see that? All the exiles whom Nebuchadnezzar sent, but then the Lord says, all the exiles whom I have sent. Again, in verse 7, he says, seek the welfare of the city where I have sent you into exile. So which one is it? Did Nebuchadnezzar take the Israelites into exile in Babylon, or did God? You see, from the human perspective, it was Nebuchadnezzar. But God said, don't be fooled. I sent you. I sent you to Babylon. So why did you move to Citrus County? Whatever the human answer is to that question, behind it is a God who says, I sent you. It is no accident that you are here. It is no accident that this church and this school are here. The Israelites were exiled uh, into Babylon as, uh, as punishment for their sins. Now, I know some of you high schoolers might think that that's the case. You've been sent to Citrus County as punishment. But that's not true. It's not an exact parallel, okay? Um, but the New Testament does call Christians exiles. Peter, uh, in his letters, calls us exiles. Just like the Jews in Babylon longed for Jerusalem, longed to be in their home. So followers of Jesus are never completely at home in this world. We wait for a new heaven and a new earth and a new Jerusalem. But while we wait, God has a message for us. God has something that he wants us to do. The same message he had for his people back in Babylon. Seven Rivers Church, I have sent you. I have placed you in Citrus County, Florida. And I have two commands for you in one promise. So first command, settle in your place. Settle in your place. Look again at verses 5 and 6 of Jeremiah 29. Build houses, the Lord says, and live in them. Plant gardens and eat their produce. Take wives and have sons and daughters. Take wives for your sons. Give your daughters in marriage that they may bear sons and daughters. Multiply there and do not decrease. God is saying, settle in the place I have sent you. Become a part of the social fabric. Build your family. Put down roots. Don't be a renter. Be an owner. Don't be a consumer. Be a contributor. Don't be a tourist be a resident. That word exile means resident, alien. You are an alien. You don't really belong here. Right? Your ultimate home, your, your uh, ultimate uh, address uh, is in another place, and yet you're a resident alien. You have an address here. You're not just passing through, so settle in. Seven Rivers Church does not exist to protect ourselves from being soiled by engagement with the world. We do not assume a defensive posture when it comes to life. I've loved teaching the class on Wednesday nights uh, lately on the seven deadly sins, and um, uh, I thought I only had one or two, and it turns out I have all seven. So um, we've been talking about the seven deadly sins, and as far as we know, the history of the seven deadly sins began with a man named Evagrius who uh, took a group of 
monks and went into the desert because they were, they were trying to escape the world, the influence of the world, and, and wanted to escape sin and, and create a holy community. And so they went out into the desert to do that, only to discover when they got into the desert, sin. Because the sin wasn't out there, the sin was in here. Um, Seven Rivers Church does not exist to protect ourselves from being soiled by engagement with the world. Do you remember what Jesus said to his disciples? He told them uh, in John 17, um, he prayed to the Father, Father, the disciples um, that you gave me, they're not of this world, but don't take them out of the world. Resident aliens. God calls us to settle in the place where he has sent us. And you can't settle in a place if you don't love it. So let me ask you a question. Do you love Citrus County? I'm not asking, is Citrus County perfect? I'm asking, do you love it? Do you love Citrus County? Have you settled in? Do you love the people of Citrus County? Do you love your street? Do you love your neighborhood? Do you love manatees and the Withlacoochee Trail? Do you love... Uh, the local restaurants, and the quirky festivals? Do you love this place where God has placed you? Or do you complain about it? And we can complain about our place in two ways. One, we can complain about the things that we don't have, right? So there's no Target here. There's no Starbucks. There's, there's no fine arts we complain about. Or we can complain about the things that we don't want to come here, right? I don't want the parkway to come. I don't want there to be more traffic. I don't want there to, to be more commercialization. But the truth is, when you love a place, you love it for what it is. And when you love a place, you want other people to experience it and love it too. Christians of all people should have a robust theology of their place. This is the place which God has sent us, so we will love it. Eugene Peterson writes, he says, the aim of the person of faith is not to be as comfortable as possible, but to live as deeply and thoroughly as possible. To deal with the reality of life, discover truth, create beauty, act out love. The only place that you have to be human is where you are right now. The only opportunity you will ever have to live by faith is in the circumstances you are provided this very day, this house you live in, this family you find yourself in, this job you have been given, the weather conditions that prevail at this moment. So that's the first command, settle in your place, God says. And then second, he says, seek the shalom of your place. Seek the shalom of your place. Look again uh, at verse uh, seven, but seek the welfare the Hebrew word is actually the word shalom. Seek the shalom of the city where I have sent you into exile. Pray to the Lord on its behalf, for in its shalom you will find your shalom. What is the Hebrew word shalom? Some people translate it as peace or prosperity or welfare. Shalom is not just the absence of evil, but it is the presence of good. Shalom is wholeness. Shalom uh, is full flourishing, physical, relational, and social. I love how 
Cornelius Plantinga puts it about shalom, the webbing together of God, humans, and all creation in justice, fulfillment, and delight. Shalom, in other words, is the way things ought to be. Seek shalom, the way things ought to be, because as much as we love Citrus County, we know that things are not the way they're supposed to be. In a place of such beauty, there is much that is ugly. I was talking to a guy, um, happened to be an African-American guy, and he uh, lives in a big city. And, um, and we, were, we were talking about, could it be possible that you could move to Citrus County? And, uh, and what would be the barriers to that? And, and, uh, and he said, yeah, I love the city, but I'm okay with rural too. Um, and uh, yeah, the city's got lots of great stuff and restaurants and, and stores, but, but, but I, I think I'd be okay with that too. I could live without those things. And, and it was sounding really positive. I'm thinking, yeah, this guy, this guy could really move here. And um, so, so I pressed it a little bit and said, well, well what, tell me, what would be a deal breaker? Like, I mean, what would be something that if it were true that you would say, I don't think that I could live there? And he kind of, not knowing, just kind of jokingly said, well, I mean, I guess if, if uh, you know, there are people driving around flying Confederate flags and I couldn't go there. For as beautiful as our place is, it is as equally broken. Citrus County is higher than the state of Florida average in teen pregnancy, child poverty, unemployment, and access to mental health care. Seek the shalom of the place where I have sent you. We are to bring the healing and the beauty of the gospel to all that is ugly and broken among us. God did not put us here to use the county to build a great church. He put us here to use the resources of the church to seek a great and flourishing county. Let me say that again. God did not put us here to use the county to build a great church. He put us here to use the resources of the church to seek a great and flourishing county. So how do we do that? How do we seek the shalom of Citrus County? I'll give you three ways. One is through vocation. Vocation. Vocation comes from the Latin word vocare, simply means to call. You have a calling on your life. And, and we usually think of that as a job. Right? So you've been called to, to some job. How do we use our vocation? to seek the shalom of the place in which we live. There is a guy in our church, and um, he's a realtor. He actually lives in the villages, um, uh, but comes here for church. Uh, and, um, but he's a realtor in the, in the villages, and he um, is a great realtor. He's a good realtor. And he keeps a leaf blower, a battery-operated leaf blower, always charged, in the back of his car. And, uh, and as you would expect, when he goes to show a house, you know, he gets there before the people who are coming and, you know, get his leaf blower and he'll blow off the sidewalk and around the house to make it look nice. It's smart, right, to, as you're showing this house. But not only that, when he goes to the gym, he'll notice that there are leaves on the sidewalk in front of the gym. So he gets his leaf blower out, he goes out, blows the leaves off, 
puts it back in the car and goes and works out. He goes to a restaurant and he sees there's leaves out there. He blows the leaves off. I've seen him come to church here and there was mulch on the sidewalk. He got his leaf blower out, blew it off, and then came into church. He does that everywhere he goes. And now he's become known in that community as the leaf blower guy. And, and, uh, and, and people will stop him and say, you're the guy. I know you. Right? You're the leaf blower guy. And because of that, because of just blowing leaves off of a sidewalk, he's been presented with an opportunity to lead uh, a huge uh, movement uh, in, that, uh, in the villages to help people uh, who are in need financially just by blowing leaves, by being good at his job. Um, there's a guy in our church, he's got about 25 uh, employees, and uh, most of the employees that he has are not Christians uh, and don't, don't, don't go to church. Um, but they love working for him, and uh, they love their job. He pays them well, he treats them with dignity, um, and, uh, um, you know, this one guy, he was telling me, a really tough guy, works with his hands, doesn't, you know, doesn't share much uh, personally, um, came into his office one morning and just broke down sobbing because his marriage was falling apart and he had nowhere else to go. He was the only Christian that he knew. And he told me that, and I said, you realize you're a pastor, and that's your church, using your vocation to bring shalom. Um, there's a guy who is a uh, boat captain, and he takes people out to go see manatees and to go scalloping, and he was telling me the other day, I can't believe that I get paid to take people out and to see the glory of creation. It's my job. It's beautiful. My uh, four-year-old son loves garbage trucks. And whenever they come to pick up the, the garbage, if he's home, he wants to go outside and wave to them, and they honk the horn at him. And uh, we'll be driving around, and uh, he can spot a garbage truck from a mile away. And he's, he's in the back. We don't even see it. And he'll go, garbage truck! And we're like, okay, yes. Right, son, garbage truck. Uh, and um, so he really wants to grow up to be a garbage man. Listen, if my son grows up one day to be a garbage man, that will be awesome. Because he will be using his vocation to seek the shalom of the place in which he lives. Um, the, uh, the theologian Bono said, I'm a musician. I'm a musician, I write songs. I just hope that when the day is done, I've been able to tear a little corner off the darkness. So I'm a teacher, I shape young minds. I'm an engineer, I make sure roads and bridges and buildings are safe. I'm a banker, I help people make wise financial decisions. I'm a store manager, I want customers to have a positive experience. I'm a hairdresser, I give young moms three hours of freedom. I just hope that when the day is done, I've been able to tear a little corner off the darkness. What if you're retired? Well, your job may have stopped, but you're still called. You still have a vocation. Because all of us are called to be purveyors of shalom with what we do Monday through Friday. We seek the shalom of the place through vocation. 
We also seek the shalom of our place through deeds of mercy. Through deeds of mercy. You know, you think about the Jews in exile. For all the things that they were exiled for, uh, and there were many, marrying foreign wives, worshiping other gods, one thing that the prophets say over and over again, one reason why they were sent into exile was because they didn't take care of the poor. They didn't take care of the vulnerable and the, the needy. Jesus, how did he summarize the entire law? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. That's what we talked about last week, right? Foundational, being for the glory of God. But what's the second? Love your neighbor as yourself. We live in a culture of American individualism um, where the individual and the family take priority. We think only of ourselves. How am I doing? How is my family doing? How are we faring? Are we experiencing um, enough? Do we have enough? Do we, um, we have access to things? Rather than thinking, what about our neighbors? What about their welfare? What about their shalom? So how do we do this as a church? You know, you can do this individually. You can, you can volunteer individually. But as a church, how do we seek uh, to bless our community through deeds of mercy? Um, you know, you can, some churches, and we've done this in the past, they have a church food pantry actually here on the campus, and they feed people uh, from their church. Uh, I grew up in a church where we had um, uh, the homeless come and live in our church for a week uh, and, uh, and served uh, them. Um, you can do that as a church, but we realized the more we thought about it that why try and reinvent the wheel? Why try and compete with and do what others in their community are already doing, and in many cases doing better than we could do it. So how, what does it look like as a church? It means we partner with local ministries. We partner with people who are, who are seeking the shalom of Citrus County through deeds uh, of mercy. And so I want to show you a video uh, of um, three local ministries that are supported by Seven Rivers, um, both financially and through volunteers. Uh, so watch this video. Hi, I'm Johnny Cash. I've been a member of Seven Rivers since about 2000. Uh, but I'm also here today representing the Community Food Bank of Citrus County. We're here at one of our many feeding locations. We have close to 50 food pantries, soup kitchens that uh, we support, uh, where we are trying to feed close to 60,000 people every month. So since the Community Food Bank started back in 2013, uh, we have provided 14 million pounds of food uh, to our friends and neighbors here in Citrus County. That equates to 21 million meals. And, you know, food knows no age group. It knows no demographics. So we're feeding seniors. Uh, we're actually feeding uh, kids through our wonderful partnership with Citrus County Blessings. Citrus County Blessings make sure that kids don't go hungry over the weekend by providing meals. And that's even done at Severn Rivers Christian School. But Citrus County Blessings actually comes to the food bank and we help them purchase the food that they need at wholesale prices. Before the Community Food Bank, Blessings was actually having to go out and pay retail prices for food. So because of their partnership with us, their donated dollar is stretched even further 
and they've actually been able to expand to virtually every school here in Citrus County. And so through Seven Rivers, um, they have been supporting uh, monthly the Community Food Bank, and we're very happy to have their support as we battle food insecurity in Citrus County. And so we know that Seven Rivers wants to be a church that's all about their community and serving their community. And you know, you can do that through the Community Food Bank. Obviously, we love the donated dollar, but you know, there are ways that you can come and still serve. You know, you can actually volunteer at Seven Rivers Christian School uh, when they are packing these meals. You can go to the food bank in Homosassa and actually help us sort meals. So there's lots of ways to get involved with the Community Food Bank. And of course, we would just welcome and value and really appreciate your partnership with us. And I just can't say enough about uh, Seven Rivers and how they're being part of feeding the hungry in our community uh, through their support of the Community Food Bank. And you're actually a part of that. If you're giving uh, in this great opportunity, you, know, you are actually changing people's lives. You are feeding people, which is one of the basic necessities of life. What people need to survive is food. And so you're gonna be part of that. And so I just wanna thank you guys uh, for doing that uh, today, thanks. Um, so Aspire is a local nonprofit. We um, were established in 2011, so we're almost to a, our 10-year um, anniversary, which is a miracle. Um, we facilitate a prevention program that focuses on relationship education. It is a risk avoidance, healthy choices program. But we, the reason we focus on relationship education is because we realize that underneath all the consequences of teens making risky behaviors are typically always broken relationships or unhealthy relationships. And we believe that healthy relationships are the backbone of healthy families, which are the backbone of a healthy community. Um, healthy relationships change everything. Um, if they're able to have healthy relationships with each other and with their families and with their parents and with community members, that's, that's why we call it a life-changing message. The goal for a student that has gone through our program is, uh, I mean, ultimately, we want them to be everything that God created them to be. Um, we want them to have optimal health, to avoid risks um, altogether. But throughout that, the, the kind of the stepping stone for the tools is that they have critical thinking skills, that they've been able to, to know the knowledge, to have the knowledge, to know that they're um, empowered and they're worthy. And with the tools that we give them, that's, that's, really, that's the goal, that they will reach the healthiest version of themselves. Um, Aspire really would not be without um, the Seven Rivers community. Um, from the very beginning, they started to support us um, financially. Even back up before that, the founding, um, the, the founders of Aspire were Seven Rivers members. We've had um, Seven Rivers members be part of the board. But from the beginning, they supported us financially. Um, we get a check every month from Seven Rivers. Rivers that means so much. Um, but they've also there's also been so many members that support us. I can just I can I'm thinking of so many names right now that I can list that are members of Seven Rivers, are part of the Seven Rivers community that support us financially, um, that encourage us, that pray for us. There's been times they've come with and prayed with our team. It's meant so much. They've supported members of our team when we've had um, things in our lives um, that have been a struggle. They've provided counseling and support. Um, to keep us going so that we can be healthy to be able to share this message. 
Um, so of course, I want to say thank you to Seven Rivers. I want to say thank you to all the members and um, people that are part of the Seven Rivers community that support us in so many different ways. But I also just want to say thank you um, to all the people that support Seven Rivers um, financially and support Seven Rivers in different ways, because you might not even realize, but in doing that, you um, support the work of Aspire. Um, and it does change the lives of the youth um, in our community, so thank you. Hi, I'm Dwayne Sipper, the Executive Director of the PATH Shelter. We've been here since 2001. In fact, I'm standing next to one of the houses where we originally started with the women. What we intended to do is take anybody in Citrus County who found themselves without a home, whether it be men, women, and children, and start a program that would uh, allow them to stay uh, self-sufficient uh, for the rest of their lives uh, after learning about Jesus. 20 years ago, we started with two houses. Uh, we're standing in between both of them right now. And uh, it took us about seven years to grow to six houses. We stayed in that mode for quite a few years, for about 14 years. And uh, about five, six years ago, our PATH board started a capital campaign that allowed us to purchase the motel down the street. And now there's 31 rooms. Uh, and it is working. For the last year, we're seeing uh, many combinations of families that are checking in. We also have the largest budget that we've ever had this last year. So I'm thrilled with what Jesus is doing with us. We have a lot of plans for the future to expand. Right from the beginning when we got the first two houses, Severn Rivers adopted us as a in-town mission trip. And they've been involved intricately ever since then. Uh, when, whenever we need uh, repairs, fix up, painting, uh, I can't tell you, I, I've lost track of how many times the, uh, this group has come to help us and bail me out of some of the projects that I would have had to farm out to the community or I would have had to hire professionals and it would cost us a lot of money. Seven Rivers Presbyterian has faithfully sent us a check every month for many, many years. And uh, even when we started the capital campaign, they jumped in and sent us a big check. So financially, they've been involved from uh, almost from the, the very beginning. Um, I still remember sitting down with dinner with uh, Ray Cortez and crying, literally, and saying, I need help. And they responded. You responded. And I'm so grateful that uh, Seven Rivers has been a part of my life and the life of the PATH Rescue Mission. I can safely tell you that after 20 years, our count, our client count, is somewhere between 2,400 and 2,500 people. And that's a lot of souls, that's a lot of men, women, and children, that all of them, every single one of those people that Seven Rivers touched, has the opportunity to accept Jesus Christ if they wish to. So once again, I just can't tell you thank you enough. Okay, so you can see why um, the, uh, yeah. you can see why the great opportunity is so important to us. Um, continuing on the mission of this church, um, if you look on the inside cover of your bulletin, you see some statistics there that over the last 10 years, in our partnership with local ministries um, like the Food Bank and Aspire and uh, the PATH and the Pregnancy um, Center and uh, Nature Coast Dental Ministries and on. Uh, then the last 10 years, um, your giving has uh, gone, uh, $4.5 million has been given over the last 10 years um, to local ministries. Um, 
God did not put us here to use the county to build a great church. He put us here to use the resources of the church to seek a great, flourishing county. Seek the shalom of your place through vocation, through deeds of mercy, and then through prayer, it also says. It's the place that I have sent you, God says. Pray to the Lord on its behalf. Pray to the Lord. Do you pray for Citrus County? Do you pray for your community? Why should we pray? Because, one, prayer acknowledges that only God can accomplish this. That we can put in the work and the hours and the efforts, but if God is not in it, um, only He can accomplish it. We pray um, because we can't do it on our own strength. Oswald Chambers says, prayer does not fit us for the greater work. Prayer is the greater work because it acknowledges that God is the one who must act. We pray um, that God accomplishes it, and we pray because it's not just about social improvement. Right? We're not just about uh, feeding people and just about uh, providing uh, for the homeless and uh, providing for teens. Um, those things are important, but it's also about spiritual renewal. We're praying that people meet Jesus. We're praying that, that people... Um, in experiencing the, the love of Christ through others, want to know him. We pray. We pray for our community. So let me encourage you. We, we're trying something that, you know, we, we've uh, never done before, is after every service during this campaign, um, we're, we're asking people to come over here to this side and pray together. And um, maybe that scares you. Maybe... Um, uh, you wonder, yeah, it's not really needed, or I get it last week, there were donuts out there, so, you know, that was on your mind. Um, but if I can just encourage you um, to do what God says, pray for your place, pray for Citrus County, and, and we have an opportunity to, to, to actually put it into practice right away after the service. Come over here, and just for, you know, eight or ten minutes, Paul Manuel is going to lead us in prayer uh, for uh, Citrus uh, County. Maybe it reveals a weakness of ours that we don't pray as much as we do. Maybe we think that we can do it all on our own. Um, so we fight against that by praying. So there they are, the two commands that God has for us. Settle in your place that I have sent you and seek its shalom. But what I love about God and the Bible is that he doesn't just give us commands. They're in there, but God's commands are always um, supported by his promises. Right? If all we had were commands, then ultimately we would fail, we would despair, because it's hard, because the world is really broken, and it's easy to just give up and check out. But God gives us a promise to support us uh, in these two commands. Look again at verses 10 uh, and 11. For thus says the Lord, uh, when 70 years are completed for Babylon, I will visit you. And I will fulfill to you my promise and bring you back to this place. For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. At Jeremiah 29, 11, I know the plans I have for you is one of those picture frame verses, right? If you've been a Christian for any length of time, maybe you have it in your house framed behind some beautiful, you know, mountain uh, landscape. Um, and, uh, and it's kind of like personally... Uh, encouraging, but it's not really what that verse is about. If you, 
think about it, notice a few things. One is the you in, in here is, is corporate. I know the plans I have for you. God's not talking to individuals. He's talking to his people. He's talking to his, ultimately, his church. I know the plans I have for you. God had promised the Jews, right? Seventy years, I will visit you, and I will bring you back to the promised land. Right? It's, it's, it's not going to be short, but it, there will be an end. I will come back, and I will bring you home. I have plans for you, for your shalom. There's our word again. Not for evil. Evil will not win the day, God promises. You have a future and a hope. Just a couple chapters later, Jeremiah 31, God tells them what uh, they can expect. He says, behold, I will bring them from the north country and gather them from the farthest places of the earth, among them the blind and the lame, the pregnant woman and she who is in labor together. A great company they shall return here. They shall come and sing aloud on the height of Zion, and they shall be radiant over the goodness of the Lord, over the grain, the wine, and the oil, over the young of the flock and the herd. Their life shall be like a watered garden, and they shall languish no more. Then shall the young women rejoice in the dance, and the young men and the old shall be merry. I will turn their mourning into joy. I will comfort them. I will give them gladness for sorrow. I will feast the soul of the priests with abundance, and my people shall be satisfied with my goodness, declares the Lord. My, uh, my daughter, oldest daughter, is uh, into this uh, series of books called uh, I Survived. And, um, you know, the whole premise is it's a historical recreation telling stories of people who survived things. So I survived the attack of the Grizzlies. I survived the Hindenburg. I survived Mount St. Helens. You know, I survived uh, D-Day. And she just can't get enough of these things. She's reading them like crazy. And there's probably like 20 or more uh, in the series. Um, but, but I just, I, I told her, I said, I don't get it because the title kind of gives it away, right? <laughs> um, and so why, why, is these, why are these so interesting to you? Why do you, do you read these? Um, uh, you know, you'd think they would get boring. But it turns out that there is a security and a confidence that comes when you know how the story ends. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for your shalom to give you a future and a hope. Plantinga writes, he says, God wants shalom. And he will pay any price to get it back. Human sin is stubborn, but not as stubborn as the grace of God, and not half so persistent, not half so ready to suffer to win its way. How is Jeremiah 29 11 fulfilled? God's plan for shalom was fulfilled in the person and work of Jesus Christ. He came to bring shalom back, to make whole what was broken to bring peace with God and to restore us to full human flourishing. We get tastes and we get glimpses now. But one day Jesus will return and usher in completely, uh, usher in shalom completely. The Bible calls it the new heavens and the new earth. Can you imagine what perfect shalom will be like? It's hard to imagine, but maybe it'd be something like this. Nations and Races in this brave new world will treasure differences in other nations and races as attractive, important, complementary. Government officials will still take office, but to nobody's surprise, they will tell the truth and freely praise the virtues of other public officials. 
Highway overpasses will be free of graffiti. Business associates will rejoice in one another's promotions. Intercontinental ballistic missile silos will be converted into training tanks for scuba divers. All around the world, people will stimulate and encourage one another's virtues. Newspapers will be filled with well-written accounts of acts of great moral beauty. And at the end of the day, people on their porches will read those and savor them and call to each other about them. Above all, God will preside in the unspeakable beauty for which human beings long and in the mystery of holiness that draws human worship like a magnet. In turn, each human being will reflect and color the light of God's presence out of the inimitable resources of his or her own character and essence. Human communities will present their ethnic and regional specialties to other communities in the name of God. In their own accents, communities will express praise, courtesies, and deferences that when massed together will keep building like waves of a passion that is never spent. That's the plan God has for us. That's our future. That's our hope. So Seven Rivers Church, God has placed us here for such a time as this. This is the great opportunity to be for our community. So let your light shine. When everyone else is afraid, we will have faith. When everyone else is battening down the hatches, we will go out into the storm. Because we know how the story ends. God has promised it. We have experienced the shalom of God in Jesus Christ. So with confidence and joy, we will love Citrus County and we will seek its shalom until he returns. Let's pray. God, help us to embrace this place that you have sent us to. Help us to love it, to serve it, to seek the shalom of Citrus County through our work, through serving the poor, through prayer. In doing so, we will discover what you made us for. We will find our own shalom as we wait, Jesus, for the day that you come back and bring it fully. Oh, what a place Citrus County will be then. We look forward to it. We pray in your name. Amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast. If you would like more information or would like to help support the local body of Seven Rivers, please visit our website at sevenrivers.org.